yo, 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 welcome back to part two of The Entrepreneur Now with Kent Sanders, 21 ways to make time for creating. And really, it sounds like just a brief 21 list, but this is part two for a reason. We actually had a conversation about two and a half hours and I could not get it all in one episode, so I had to break it out. I welcome all of you that are back for the second part of this episode. If you haven't heard the first part, remember, please go back to the previous episode, which will be Kent Sanders part one and listen through that. Both of these have a lot of good information. You don't necessarily have to do that, but if you want it to be kind of in the chronological order of how we talked about it, I would suggest that. So I'll get into the second part of this interview in a second. First, I want to just say thank you so much for for tuning in and listening to this episode of The Entrepreneur Now, episode 91 with Kent. Anybody out there listening, I, I really, really appreciate it. I do nothing more than enjoy bringing these creative superstars in and out onto my show, connecting them with you so that you can get the best of, of your creative world as well. So this is a new style that we're doing. I do have the download available for you for this episode. If you haven't listened to episode one, you can get all of these steps with all the actionable tools that we use. If you go to artsynow.com forward slash 91 download. Again, if you have any questions, email me at create at artsynow.com and I'll get right into part two of this interview. Peace. Come on, everybody. Let me hear that beat. Come on, come on, everybody. Let me hear that stickity stickity riggity diggity beat. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, here we go now. Who wants to get a little bit funky out there? Who wants to get a little creative out there, huh? Yeah. Which one of you wants to get a little bit artsy now? Well, then get on with your bad selves, yeah. And in this next one, right, you're getting to get into the use of Evernote to capture creative ideas, which is huge. And I would like to have you on in the future where we can talk about just Evernote because, I mean, it is sure. something that I use 100%. I don't use it probably in the most efficient way. I, I use the notebooks and I use the notes inside and I love the way it works, but it has all sorts of features. I'm not a premium member. I'm sure that there's other more productive ways to do this. I know that there is from looking at the list of the things that you have, have created. So um, I'm going to skip over that right now just because I want to bring you on to do the whole thing. And I know if we start talking about it, it could probably go on forever. If you, <laughs> do you have a couple yeah. small points you want to hit on with it real quick? Sure. I would just say a lot of people are intimidated by Evernote because there is a little bit of a learning curve if you want to really dive into it and use it sort of to its full potential. But the most important thing is just download the app, start using it, start putting stuff in there. If you're a perfectionist, it's easy to get really bogged down on that, but you just have to start dumping stuff into Evernote, whether it's stuff that you scan in or things that you write or emails you know, there's tons of ways to get stuff into Evernote, but it's a really good place to put creative ideas, whether it's blog posts or music ideas, lyric ideas, uh, podcast ideas, whatever it is. It's a place for you to just dump stuff and to keep it. And it's it's just a very handy way to do it. Oh, it's incredible. I mean, it's revolutionized my writing. I mean, hands down. It, it's something... <laughs> It's like I'll never open Microsoft Word again, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think everybody has a love-hate relationship with Word. Yeah. Well, it used to more hate than love, probably. It's really been was for most people was really the only option forever, right? So ever yeah. when these things come along, I mean, it's it's incredible like how just easy and I don't know, like being able to sync it from anywhere immediately saves, you don't have to worry about that kind of stuff. It's great. Yeah, everybody should definitely check that out. So um, yeah. All right. So number 10. Number 10 is limit frivolous diversions. And I'm going to leave it up to each listener to decide what is frivolous and what is not because everybody's going to have a different definition of what that is. Um, but I think, you know, there, there are times when you play and times when you work. You know, for me, I like video games. I don't play them a ton, but my son is 10. You know, we'll play some video games occasionally on the original NES system, by the way, 
you know, and he loves Super Mario Brothers, the original one, which is crazy because this thing's like 30 years old or something. But I do like video games. I think they're fun to play. I like movies. I love I that like, game too. Yeah, it's it's fun. So I think you have to do some fun stuff, but there are some times where you have to limit that stuff. Like for me, I love Netflix. You know, I can get on there and watch, and if I get hooked in a series, I'll want to watch it all immediately. Yeah. Well, then, you know, I can do that, but then I end up at the end of the weekend thinking, oh, I didn't actually get anything productive done. You know, <laughs> I should have written a couple blog posts, but instead I've watched like, I've watched like season two of House of Cards for the 17th time for no good reason, you know. <laughs> so let's talk about the greatest shows on Netflix right now. What would you... No, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Although that could go on for a while as well. I'm not even going to get yeah, in that path. Yeah, I think I think you do have to, to dive into entertainment and some fun stuff. And, you know, honestly, there are a lot of good shows out there right now. And I think as a creative person... you. You have to dive into some of that stuff. You have to give your mind a rest and be entertained some at some time. Yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, like I don't know if you've ever heard of the Pomodoro technique, but but yeah, working in blocks of time and then taking breaks after a certain a lot amount of time, um, I think is a good thing. And and if you want to work in things like this into your breaks when you can, I do think it's healthy to some extent, depending on what you're doing. Like for me, I, I like to get outside. You know, I like to be in nature. I've got to be outside and and in nature to feel like my mind is clearing. Or, or meditation is another big practice that that really helps me out. But thing, things like that, and of course, always jamming down some Super Mario Brothers when needed. <laughs> yes, definitely. Cool, definitely. Right. Number eleven. Okay, number eleven is get out of bed earlier. And this is exactly what it sounds like. <laughs> and it is uh, every bit as hard as it sounds because I'm a night owl, totally. Yeah. But I have found that as I have tried to get out of bed earlier and integrate that into my life more regularly, I don't do it every single day. I don't do it nearly as consistently as I should or probably even as early as I should. But I do find that I'm more productive in the morning than I am late at night. And, you know, and actually, you know, it's it just the basic idea of, when you sleep actually can determine the quality of your sleep. You know, if you go to bed at 11 and get up at, at six, that seven hours of sleep is probably going to be better quality than if you go to bed at 2 a.m. and get up at 9 a.m. Just because of the way our biological clocks work. So I would recommend for anyone who's interested in this topic, check out Andy Traub's book, The Early to Rise Experience. It's a kind of a short book, but he just goes through a 30-day process of learning how to get up early and why that's important. And it's really an excellent little book. What, what was his name? It's Andy Traub. Last name is T-R-A-U-B. Okay. And it's on Kindle. I think it's like 5 or $7 or something, worth every penny. Yeah, so that's – I love the topic. And, of course, I'm a huge, huge, huge fan of The Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod. And that, yeah, great that book. principle in itself has literally changed my whole life. I mean, it was the – one thing that actually kickstarted me to be able to get up early enough to to rearrange my days and my time schedule to actually be able to launch this podcast, believe it or not. And Hal is a, I, I love him to death, follow him very closely. He's got an incredible podcast, the Achieve Your Goals podcast, and of course his his success is off the charts now. But that that routine works, and it all starts with just getting out of bed earlier. And I'm not going to lie, the last three weeks I have been failing miserably at it. Like, I I don't know if it's the winter or, like, the seasons change, but, man, I, I, I was doing so good there for so long of getting up, you know, at 4.30, 5 a.m. every day, going for a run, getting my morning affirmations and the meditations and the writing and reading in all before, you know, 6 a.m. And as of lately, I just... I don't know what it's been, but I need to get I need to get back on that train because it it makes a huge difference in the way that you'll feel throughout the rest of the day. I mean, you can go from feeling like you're flustered and you're you're suffocating, or you can feel like you're a damn champion, right? And that you rule the world. Right. right. And obviously you want to be a champion. And I always preach that. You should definitely be a champion. Yeah, you know, the thing the other thing I would say about this whole idea of schedules and you know, getting up early and when to go to bed and all that is, I think all that is true, but you do have to figure out what works for you and what works for your life 
right oh, now. Yeah. Because sometimes, and I've made this mistake a lot, is, you know, I listen to a lot of Michael Hyatt business kind of stuff, Ray Edwards, um, Pat Flynn, you know, those those guys. And, you know, of course they're going to talk about what works for them, but sometimes we just take what other people say and we just sort of assume, well, I have to do all those exact same things. When sometimes those people are in different life stages than we are, you know, if you have if you have grade school kids at home, your life's going to be different than someone who doesn't have any kids at home. You know, your schedule's probably going to be different. Um, and so I think you have to take what works for your life and then don't feel bad that you're not doing all those other things necessarily. And I would also say with this issue of, of bedtime, I also take a nap almost every single day. In fact, before I came home today from work, I turned off the lights in my office at the college, shut the door, and took about a 30-minute nap. Because, you know, if I find if I get up really early, I've got to sleep sometime during the day. You know, I can get like six hours of sleep at night, but I've got to take a nap sometime during the day. Otherwise, I'm going to be really irritable and crabby the rest of the day. So I think yeah. taking a nap is important. Um, and I have to admit, but that's just what know, I, I, I took a nap with Kent earlier and it was, it was glorious. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Naps are good. I'm a big fan. <laughs> All right, so the next one I'm excited to talk about, number 12, use music for focus. So ex- explain this yeah. real quick because it, it has been the whole drive behind my entire life, I think. Uh, I, I don't think I would have made it without this. So, Well, there are, there are different services online um, that they've put together sounds or music that is designed scientifically to help you focus. One is called Focus at Will, which used to be free, and it's I think you can get it free for a time now, but then they're going to charge you, which I think they've changed that up. So I don't pay for it, but I still think it's a really cool service. Is it like but they have on a these, website? or? Yes, it's, it's if, you, if you just go to focusatwill.com, and at is spelled out, A-T. It's a pretty cool deal. They have different styles of music and, and stuff and that are really effective, I think. But I didn't want to pay for it because I'm kind of a cheapskate. So what I did instead was I have a couple of different lists on Spotify yeah, I where I say, keep I a whole bunch of music. Um, I use one one playlist that is a movie soundtrack playlist. And, you know, I've got movies in there like The Avengers and Gladiator and Harry Potter and Star Wars. You know, just movie soundtracks. The There Will Be Blood um, is pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah, there's some cool stuff on there. And also I use this thing called Coffativity. I don't know if you've heard of this. I have not. It is uh, C-O-F-F-I-T-I-V-I-T-Y. Cough, it's like coffee, yeah. but it's Coffativity. Yeah. And all it is is just the sounds of a coffee shop. So if you're a person who likes that sort of uh, crowd sound around you, you know, you know the murmur of a restaurant or a coffee shop, you know, it's a it's a great thing. It actually helps you focus. At least it does me. Yeah. Have you seen? So, have you been on Spotify and actually gone to browse through their focus channel? Yeah, some of it I like, and some of it I don't like. Some of it's kind of weird. Yeah, there's, to me, there's but, like three or four amazing. I mean, obviously everybody's a little bit different, but you can get nature right. channels. You can get like diner sounds. You can get uh, classical music. You can get focus music. There's one called. Uh, mindfulness and yoga, I think that really has helped me focus a lot. A great, great, great way to focus. Uh, and yeah, there's there's all sorts of different channels through that. That And of course, searching the playlists are, are on Spotify as well. But that coffativity thing sounds pretty cool. I'm going to try that out. I have never, I've never done that one because I usually have headphones into the coffee shop. I'm not going to lie. Playing classical <laughs> music or something. Yeah, one thing that I've tried, and I'm, I like Spotify quite a bit, I've tried listening to just pop or rock music, but I can't do that because my brain latches onto that somehow. You know, if I'm listening to Jimi Hendrix or some 80s playlist or whatever on there. Pumping and running around the house. I do, and I want to grab my guitar and play along with it, but it has to be something that is not like pop or rock oriented to me. Yeah. yeah. But that's just me. I think you have to figure out what works for you. Yeah, and there's a unique band that nobody out there listening has probably ever heard of that I listen to who's like really more of a new age uh, i don't want to call it like electronic but endurance rock maybe like transfusion rock where they literally just go on these songs that start very slow and then they just rage out towards the end and those can get me pretty pumped up for focusing on tasks too because 
when they start really blowing up. Uh, the band is called the Disco Biscuits, by the way. And uh, yes, okay. I get the drug reference with the name, but the the band is pretty damn good. <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah, cool. Music is yep number one thing that has ruled my life, all the way from when I was a little kid listening to like Hanson. Yeah, <laughs> Hanson. <laughs> Hanson. Yeah, that was my evil pleasure back when I was when I was younger, right? You know, they have actually come a long way. They are uh, still around and making some great music, actually. Yeah, I know. I saw that. They, yeah, I swear, like a year ago, they put out like an album and kind of almost got big again, if I remember correctly. But yep, I was a uh, I was in little umbopper. <laughs> still am. I'm not gonna. Yeah, lie. I'm I'm proud of it. I wear my colors bright. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> I just admitted to somebody the other day that I like Taylor Swift, and um, well, I'm in I was okay her. with that. I'm not. A, I'm not ashamed to admit that she makes great music. Yeah, my girlfriend always gives me junk because she thinks I'm in love with Taylor Swift, and she's absolutely right. <laughs> but I don't listen to much of her music. My parents tortured me with country music growing up, and I haven't been able to tolerate it since. So I'm sorry, oh, gotcha. all the listeners. Gotcha. <laughs> but anyways, okay, well, cool. she's a. Yeah, she's a really unique person because it's not very often that you have somebody switch genres like she did. Yeah, that's true. You know, from from country to pop, and you know she's been far more successful. Well, I mean, she was really successful before she switched over to pop and dance type music, but she's In a way um, she handles herself right. Yeah, and just her interaction with fans is is really cool, and you know, honestly, just the fact that she she hasn't gone the path of so many music stars her age, you know, and kind of gone the trashy route and, and that kind of stuff. And I'm not a prude or anything like that, but I appreciate the fact that she, that she hasn't resorted to that side of things to try and be popular. She just resorts on her art. And I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. 100% much respect as I would like to say. Yeah. I have a lot of respect for her as a, as an artist. Yeah. Cool. All right. Become an enit. Email ninja number 13. Yeah, this is just learning how to process email effectively, which sounds very rudimentary. You know, it's like, well, how do you, what else is there to learn about email? But actually there's a lot because so many times we, we don't handle email in a way that's effective and that actually is sucking up a lot of time that we don't realize. So one thing I would definitely say is unsubscribe from as much stuff as you can. And there was one point where I had subscribed to like 300 different email lists because I would see, oh, this person over here has a newsletter about this thing or this person writes about this thing and I'm interested in that. And, you know, if you're a creative person, you're interested in a lot of different things. And so I would subscribe to this and this and this and I would just have all this stuff coming into my inbox every day. But the worst thing about it was that I would feel like I had to, to do all of it. You know, I would see, oh, we're doing this webinar on this topic. Well, I'd sign up for the webinar. And I would feel guilty because I didn't watch it. Yeah. Or this person has, um, you know, they wrote a book on this or they have a, a blog post on this. And I would feel like, man, I've got to, I've got to do something with all this content that I'm, that I'm, that's coming into my inbox. And then you get paralyzed because you don't know what to do because you have all this stuff coming into your life. And so finally I just got ruthless and unsubscribed to almost all of it. And the stuff that I do subscribe to, I use this service that is fantastic. It's unroll.me. And what you do is you put all your subscriptions into that, and then you get a daily email digest of all those subscriptions. So you can see in one, kind of one fell swoop, all your email subscriptions for the day. And you can decide what you want to check out. And you can actually unsubscribe right there from that digest, which is pretty cool. That so that to me has legendary. It's been a game changer. It's great. It's been a real game changer for me. I mean, me. I've gone through that battle as well. Like, you know, I sign up for so many different things and then I had to go back and one time I unsubscribed from everything and then I started over again and I was much more careful about what I signed up for because I, you know, I keep a list. I know in my head who I follow and I'm very likely to check out the website and see the posts regardless. Uh, but there are certain people that I, that I want coming through my email and then others that would be amazing you know, to have this, this daily email digest of all those together. Like that's, that's incredible. So unroll.me, right. And which I'll also put yeah. on the show notes for sure. Yeah. And you know, to me, the, 
the way that I filtered out a lot of that stuff that I that was coming into my inbox is I had to make a decision about okay, is this something? Is is this person that I'm following or that I'm subscribed to? Are they helping me with, with something that I'm doing right now? And if they're not, then I'm going to unsubscribe to it. Because as much as I'm interested in all of this stuff out there, I can't take it all in right now. I have to focus on just what I'm doing and the work that's right in front of me. So you can always go back and check out stuff later. But, um, you know, I think the more stuff you get out of your inbox, probably the better. At least that's the case for me. Bingo. Now that 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 being said, make sure and subscribe to my newsletter. <laughs> <laughs> I was getting ready to say. You know, there's always a damn. There's it. always a caveat. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I of mean, course, I say that half jokingly, but yeah, and I think people really will find value in in certain certain lists they follow and certain lists they won't. Uh, but even if you do or don't, it doesn't change the fact that it can all be a distraction, right? At some point, and you're you have to. You have to know yourself. Like, are you the type of person that's going to get distracted from that and spend all your time diving into every single one of those and never getting anything else done because you're checking out all these different webinars and reading all these different emails? Or can you be the person who, you know, maybe implements some kind of effective tool like unroll.me or uh, being more productive on your own by separating the list somehow and then and then making time to review the ones that you want to when you want to or when it's necessary, right? So, Right, right. Number 14, we talked about a little bit earlier as well, create a sense of urgency. So we've kind uh-huh. of covered that. So number 15, learn to delegate. Yeah, this is a tough one, especially if you're a perfectionist. And uh, I am a perfectionist, so this has been a real challenge for me. But it's just finding people who can help you with things. Now, some people, you know, you may have employees that you have or people who work for you as a volunteer in some capacity. So that's one thing. But, you know, if you're like an entrepreneur who's a solo person, you might look around and go, well, there's nobody to delegate things to. I don't have anybody to delegate things like that to. And I think a good solution can be outsourcing some of the things that you do. You know, like like you have some folks who help you out with the podcast and other things. Yeah. And that can be a great help. So there's there's always a way to get stuff off your plate, whether it's things that you just need to stop doing or things that you find some help with, maybe things that you pay a little bit to do. You know, So there are definitely ways to do that. But I, I think it's important that you learn to focus on the things that really only you can do. And uh, you know, I think the more successful that you get, and especially as you start to make money with things, then you'll get to the place where you can hire more people and that kind of thing. And, uh, you know, at some point I hope to hire some assistants to take over some of the things that I'm doing and, and all that. But, um, you know, it's all a process. I think money is a sensitive subject for a lot of people because they think, okay, well, I can delegate these tasks, but I don't have the money to pay somebody to do this, right? But you really have to get away from that mindset and start thinking more about, well, what can you delegate so that you can free up time to do something that's more valuable, Right. So right, can right. you delegate something to free up that time and make more money in that amount of time doing something else? That's this kind of mindset you have to have. So you can't think like when I went to go to 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 outsource some of the work for my podcast, it was a hard decision because I'm like, well, you know, I don't have any money to pay anybody, right? I, I'm not making money from the podcast. That's not my that wasn't my goal. I don't I don't stress that first over anything else. I mean, there's a lot of podcasts out there that make a lot of money, but for me, it's more about networking. And And when I looked at the value, it's like, well, can I spend all my time editing these episodes, writing these show notes, 
or can I outsource that and open up these areas of time where I can work on way more amazing things like increasing my network, right? Or f- connecting with with different people that I want to bring on my show and finding the actual people that I want to connect with and, and bring these value topics out or work on more websites, you know, where I can bring more money in because when I look at everything that I do, making websites for people, that brings in the most amount of money. So if I can pawn off the editing, you know, pay some money out for that, it's not going to be as much as I can make bringing in with with doing the website. So I think it's just a sacrifice you have to make, but the first step is absolutely to to get over that barrier of thinking in the mindset of I can't afford it, period, right? Because you're just thinking about it the wrong way. And I know a lot of people who don't even mow their own lawn because they can spend that 30 yeah. minutes making more money than it costs them to have somebody else mow their lawn. And it, it makes sense. You just have to think about it a little backwards, right? Well, and where this comes in for me is you have to start thinking like a business person instead of an artist. Yeah. And, and what I mean by that is you can't think of this whole process if you want to make money at it as just a thing where, well, I'm going to create something and then the rest will take care of itself because it won't. And you have to think of, of certain things that you spend money on in business as an investment and not as an expense. Like for instance, having a a professional book cover designed, you know, unless you're a really good graphic artist, that's probably not something you should do on your own. And, you know, for instance, I've got a a small ebook coming out in a couple months I could have done the cover myself, but it wouldn't have been as good as a professionally designed cover. And I would have probably spent hours and hours and hours on it, you know, bugging my wife with every iteration of the cover. Well, how do you think this looks? How do you think this looks? You know, and, and just spending crazy time on it when I could just pay a hundred bucks and have, you know, a professional person design it. And to me, that's not really an expense. That's an investment because the investment in that book cover will, will more than pay for itself with, you know, more sales because it has a good cover and, and that kind of thing. And I think you have to think of what, what things when I spend money on them are going to be a good investment, you know, and am I going to get a return for those things? Yeah. And obviously at the same time, you're focusing on things that you're good at in the amount of time that you're saving doing that. So, and I like, I used, and I know that you can run into some black holes on Fiverr, but Fiverr (laughs) has, has pulled through you know, greatly in, in different areas for me. You just have to be careful what you sign up for. And I found some great graphic designers through there that do ebook covers and things like that. And you can get them done for like 20, 30 bucks. And that's huge. Or again, like 99 designs is awesome. You know, you can submit and you get all these designs back and you can pick which one you like and it doesn't cost you very much money. And I think there's a lot of different outlets out there. Like, yeah, I have the graphic talent. I could sit down and do it, but I can't do it as fast as they can. And it's the same thing with like fancy hands. I know we talked about that the other day. The service of fancy hands is incredible because I can delegate tasks to them that are my everyday tasks that you would never think about delegating to somebody else. I'm talking anything from typing up documents or doing research online to shopping or creating grocery lists or even with Amazon now, how they have their whole uh, Amazon pantry system. You know, if you can submit a grocery list to this to fancy hands and they'll get on there and order everything for you through your Amazon and, and it comes to your doorstep and you don't even have to do anything, you know, except for keep this list as you think of things you need on Evernote or something. And I think when right, you start right. looking at those types of things, you can delegate, you, you really, really free up a lot of time, but also you're, you're being more productive and you're, and you're hitting more of a value in the whole core of your life. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. I totally agree. Sorry if that was a ramble. No, that that's great because get, you know it, it's just another way to be focused. Yeah, I get pretty passionate about the systems because they really excite me. So, and IFTTT, right? That's that's another another awesome tool that you can use to put in place and help you do some delegating with fancy hands in combination. So, all right, yeah, make time to play. That's a fun one. Yeah, and I mentioned this a little bit earlier, but I think it's important to make time to have fun. And for me, that's that could be different things. And I mentioned I like to watch movies and you know some video games. I like to play play stuff with my son. In fact, I took him bowling last night, which was a lot of fun. Um, I like to build stuff. I built my son a treehouse a few years ago. I've got to finish it this summer. And you know, it's it's just important to take time to do things that 
that are a creative spark in your life. You can't be producing all the time. You have to also be filling your creative well. So whatever that is, you, you have to make time to do that. And I don't see that as a waste. I see that as an investment of time. Yeah. You know, if you look at some of the most successful people in the world, almost all of them actually, and I think there was a big study on this done recently, like through Inc. or Fast Company or one of those magazines. But all of the highly, highly successful people, you know, they weren't working on weekends. They don't work past eight to 10 hours a day, right? They they know that taking their mind somewhere else to the other side of life and enjoying it that's huge for being able to bring the focus back when you need it the most. You know, if you, if you strain yourself out 18 hours a day, you're not going to be very good the next day when you're tired, when you're drowsy, you're not going to be performing at the level that you should. So I think that this is 100% important and it kind of plays into, you know, focusing on your family and some of these other things that's important to you. And I know we touched on some of those subjects earlier. So, um, yeah, huge, hugely important, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. All right, so I know we've been we've been beasting through these and this is going on quite a bit of time now. So it's all good. <laughs> yeah. But it's such good content. I mean, it's such a great conversation. So, we're getting close to the Absolutely. Year. Number 17, use your drive time for personal growth. And I am the Mac Daddy Daddy make you this one, man. I'll tell you that much, Kent. I have a day job where I drive 8 to 10 hours a day. And I use that drive time in the most amazing way possible. And I didn't ever think about it until I first started listening to podcasts. One of the podcasts I was listening to the most was uh, the mobile app chat, which is now called App Masters. I was really interested in getting into doing mobile apps and things like that. And Steve P. Young, who was a previous guest on the show, he was telling me how on his way to work on the subway in San Francisco, he would be editing podcasts, right? And I was like, you know what? That's a good idea. And no, I didn't go start editing podcasts while driving down the road for work. But <laughs> That would but be bad. I did get into saying, like, okay, what, what can I be doing to educate myself while I'm driving that's hands-free? And like audio books is huge. Like how many books can I read? Yeah. I used to read like one book a year maybe. Now I can get anywhere up to like, you know, if you think about audio books, if you did one a week and that it doesn't take long to do one a week if you're driving eight hours a day. You could really do yeah. one a day to be honest. Um you can read a lot of books in one year. I guess it wouldn't technically, you can listen to a lot of books in one year, but it's the same, it's the same information. So, I mean, you think about going from one book a year to 365, if you did one a day, I'm not anywhere close to that. Cause I like to get the longer books sometimes, uh, but it's incredible what you can do if you, if you use your drive time for personal growth. Oh, absolutely. In fact, I just, just last week I started listening to, uh, the book on Steve Jobs by Walter Isaacson. That yeah, came out. I listened to I think that. Two, yeah, it's a really long sucker. It's like 25 hours long, but yeah, man, it is really, really a good book. And uh, I think any time that you can invest in listening to audiobooks or podcasts is usually time that's well spent. Yeah, so thank you everybody out there who is listening. You are a champion. This is why we do it. And I hope that you thought that this was time well spent because I think it's been awesome. And if for nobody else... I've thoroughly enjoyed the conversation. (laughs) Yeah, me as well. Absolutely. If nobody else listens to it, Hey, I've, I've learned some things and got to connect with you. So for me, that's worth it. Yeah. So it's, can you think of anything else that you can do while driving besides audiobooks and podcasts that I can put on that list? Because, Oh man, that, that Steve jobs book was great. The, I'll tell you what, the, the best one I've read recently, it was another monster. It was the unabridged version of total recall. Arnold Schwarzenegger's wow. autobiography. And it is incredible. I mean, it was better. I liked it better than the Steve Jobs one. I mean, I learned really? I learned more in this book. I mean, the guy, and I know most people have this image of him, you know, being this big, huge, you know, terminating bodybuilder, but really one of the most brilliant guys ever. I mean, just read Read or listen to that book, and I highly suggest the unabridged version. It'll make you want to be Arnold. I mean, it really will. (laughs) I've changed practices to do things the way that he does because he was so, so productive. It's insane how productive the guy was and is. Wow. Yeah. A lot of people might not know he was a millionaire before he even started uh, acting. 
I mean, not not from the bodybuilding stuff either. I mean, that was a part of it, but he had brick and mortar businesses, right? Like he had a mail list. He was actually physically sending out information products to people through a mail list. And he was building, literally doing concrete and brick work on houses and homes, had a contracting company, and then made millions, obviously, with real estate as well. But it's just crazy. A lot of people don't know that stuff, and I sure didn't. Wow, I had no idea about that. I'm going to listen to that. That sounds fascinating. Yeah, it's pretty cool. You know, and I would I would add a couple more things on this whole idea of drive time. One is that I think you have to listen to stuff that's entertaining as well as informational. Now, I say that at least for me because I love to listen to to good comedy. You know, guys like Brian Regan and Jerry Seinfeld. Everybody has their own brand of comedy that they like. But I also love shows like um, Alec Baldwin. You know, a lot of people really don't like Alec Baldwin because he's he's kind of a hot-tempered celebrity and very vocal about his opinions on stuff, which is fine. But he's actually a really great interviewer, and he has a, a podcast called... Uh, what is it called? I'm totally blanking out is on he what. Really, I didn't know he had one. Yeah, yeah, I'm uh, I'm totally blanking out on the title of it. Anyway, if you search for Alec Baldwin in a podcast directory, that'll come up. Uh, oh, it's called "Here's the Thing" with Alec Baldwin, and he interviews these different celebrities and famous people, and it is fascinating, you know, just to hear their stories of how they became successful and the kind of things that they've been through, and um, yeah, I love stuff like that. So. I think you have to listen to a variety of things. At least I do. And then something else that I use my drive time for is, you know, I listen to a lot of stuff, but I also will sometimes use the speech to text feature on my phone and just dictate a blog post or throw down an idea for something, you know, and you have to be careful because you don't want to be distracted while you're driving. But, you know, if you're sitting at a stoplight or something and um, you can put an idea down or, or something, that might be okay. Yeah, I was going to mention that as well. I literally just, it took me a long time, but two days ago that popped into my head. I was like, oh, you know what? Maybe I'll start recording into my Evernote or into whatever thing you might use on your phone, your notepad. And yeah, man, it's cool because if you set a goal, say like five, write 500 words a day or something, it's pretty easy when you have all that time to drive and you're talking to your phone and even if you have somebody in the car with you, you know, let them let them think you're a weirdo. You can talk about whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then that's part of this whole thing too is you have to stop worrying so much about what everybody thinks about you. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so I'm looking at Alec Baldwin's podcast, and you're right, man. He has a massive amount of guests on here that are incredible, and I will be listening to the Jerry Seinfeld episode first. Yeah, I love the Seinfeld episode. That was amazing. Now, one other one that I like, is, and I'm a little bit hesitant to mention, I guess, is, um, I don't remember the name of it, but the guy's name, the interviewer's name is Mark Marin. It's M-A-R-C-M-A-R-O-N. And he's a comedian that interviews other comedians. And he has like hundreds of episodes. Some of them are better than others. There, And I hesitate a little bit because there's sometimes a lot of language in it. You know, if that bothers you, you probably won't like this podcast. But if you can sort of get past some of that stuff, there are a lot of really great insights about success, about art, creativity, um, you know, just the overall creative process. Because, you know, comedians are are artists of their own kind. And I've learned a lot of stuff from that show. Yeah, this is awesome. You know what? I just saw an episode with, wow, Peter Frampton and Tom York together. <laughs> yeah. Like what? I'm going to listen. I might have to listen to that tonight when I'm going to sleep. That's incredible. Like, I, I don't know if you, yeah, know, it's good stuff. I'm, I'm absolutely obsessed with Tom York. So, and Peter Frampton is pretty damn awesome too. So that's, that's exciting. It's making my hair. And you know what? I'll, already. I'll, I'll mention one other one that I just thought of. It's, um, you familiar with Jeff Garland? Yeah. Okay, he has a podcast also. It is called, uh, and I'm, <laughs> I'm sounding like I'm, I'm senile, but I can't remember the name of his either. <laughs> but um, if you just search for him, you'll find it. But he does the same thing where he interviews celebrities, and he's had guys in there like J.J. Abrams and um, Larry David, and you know so many other other yeah, people, and yeah. it's pretty fascinating. 
it's it's really interesting. The one on J.J. Abrams, I really enjoyed that one. That was good stuff. Yeah, I'm sure that would be. It's is it called? I'm trying to look it up right now. And if not, I'll have it in the show notes as well on artsynow.com forward slash ninety one. Um, yeah, I don't know. My phone's not one to load it, but all right. Announce a launch date. Number 18. Yeah, this is um, something I think is important because sometimes we want to wait until things are perfect before we release something, but that's a mistake. You have to just say, you know, whatever it is, if it's a book, if it's an album, if it's whatever you're producing, you know, there has to be a deadline on it. So set a launch date and meet that launch date, whether it's perfect or not. And, you know, we mentioned Steve Jobs a little bit ago. And in listening to this biography of him, that's one thing that, that I thought was so interesting about Steve Jobs. Now, he had a lot of negative qualities, of course. He didn't always get along with people, was sometimes a downright jerk to people. But one of the things that I thought was interesting is that, you know, he would have these engineers working on early versions of, of Apple computers. And they would want to wait till everything was completely perfect, you know, and that's kind of an engineer mindset anyway, which is okay. But he would come in and say, no, we're going to ship this even though it's not totally perfect, you know, because we've got to meet this launch date. And I think that's an interesting quality because sometimes you just have to, to ship your product, as Seth Godin would say. It's not going to be perfect, but just put it out anyway. Because the cool thing about today is you can always go back and make a better version of it. If it's something digital, you know, which most things are today. So you can always update it, revise it, or whatever, but you know, I think we have to just do our best with what we're producing. Make sure it's quality, but at the end of the day, you got to put it out there for people to experience. Uh, you know, uh, the best novel in the world doesn't do any good if it's just sitting on your hard drive and nobody is ever going to read it. And I got a feeling there's probably a lot of people listening to this who they have a book on their hard drive, they have music on their computer, they have ideas for paintings or for other things that are just sitting there. Because they're afraid to, to put it out there. You know, it's not quite perfect. It's not quite ready. But the problem with that is that nobody's ever going to be blessed by that unless you put it out there for people to enjoy. So just get it out there and, and you can correct it later if you want to. But, man, you got to announce a launch date and get that sucker done. Yeah, you're, you're putting something out there and, and doing it, just getting out there in general is going to be so much better than than not doing it at all, right? You're never going to get anywhere. You're never going to find persistence. You're never going to be able to get over that little fear gremlin that's on the other side of you if you don't just take that step forward. And that's that's such a huge problem for people. And even with business as well, like that's the whole Dan Norris seven-day startup is about just launching it, you know, get it out there and launch it. And then you can go back and work on the things, but you're, you're never going to learn until you do it. So if you put something out there and you hear crickets, that's okay. You know, at least you put it out there. It doesn't matter. Right. It's happened to right. me for years, right? And it's the fact that you did it, right? You took that step. So then you can move on to the next step, the next thing that you're scared of doing and accomplish it as well. And eventually you'll look behind you and see this list of 150, 200 different things that you've accomplished that once you were scared of and you hadn't done any of it. So it's like a chain yeah. effect. Yeah. So. You know, what's interesting is I love the Beatles and I love music history. Yeah. And if you listen to a lot of their recordings, you can hear mistakes in there. You know, yeah. sometimes their guitars were slightly out of tune and things were not quite exactly right. And of course, they were recording on primitive technology, you know, compared to what we have today. But they were not perfect all the time. You know, they weren't exactly on beat every single song. And there were little mistakes here and there. But I mean, obviously, that didn't have any effect on their success. <laughs> you know, that's probably an understatement. <laughs> so, you know, and I think mo most people don't care about the flaws. They just they just want something to experience. You know, nothing is perfect. Oh, I know. If you like, if you go back and listen to or read my first blog post or listen to my first podcast, like, oh my gosh, right? Nothing is perfect, but but then you can listen to the newer ones or read the newer posts, and you can look at the progress, and that's what's that's what's magic about it, right? Because you learn and you can improve and you grow with it, and there's nothing that can stop you when you, when you start to get on that roll and and you can shake off the imperfections and f make things better. I mean, really, every exactly, day, exactly. Fist pump. 
and then take a 30 minute nap. Right. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> All right. Number 19. We're almost there. Embrace your season of life. Yeah. In this point, I, I just am re- reiterating the idea that your life is unique and you may not be in the same season of life as somebody else who, who you think maybe is more successful or they have an easier life or, or whatever it is because your life is unique and you can't really just compare it straight up to somebody else. And I think, you know, again, if you have small kids at home, your schedule and your time is going to be different. If you have a full-time job and you're trying to build a business on the side, that's going to be different than somebody who is working on their business full-time, you know? And so everybody's life is different. And I think the trick is you have to find what works for you, not what works for somebody else that you have to somehow, you know, superimpose their schedule on your life. It just, you, you learn from what they're doing and take what works and use it. And if something doesn't work, then you don't use it. You, but you just have to figure out what's working for you right now. And there, there's something that will work for you. You just have to figure it out. That's true. That can be a tough one as well. I mean... I think that embracing it is the key, though. That first word, is yeah. just accepting yeah. it, and, and and really caring for yourself, right? Having that that self care and, and loving and, and truly believing what you're doing. I think that 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 can make all the difference in the world. So, got a guy like holding a gun to his head right and he's got like a heart but that kind of gives you the wrong idea he he had a much you know he had this story about how he was ultra depressed he really had no reason that he wanted to live anymore and honestly waking up one day and just saying you know what i'm going to convince my mind that i love myself i changed his entire life when he actually started caring for himself and it's a short read but he wrote, I guess he originally wrote it and sent it to James Altucher. And James was like, dude, you got to, you got to post this. And he's like, well, I mean, what do you mean? And I think he ended up putting it on his blog, which immediately blew it up. Right. But it's an awesome little read. And the guy is, the guy is great, but I think it's, yeah. Embrace, embrace yourself, embrace your season of life all the way. Yeah. You know, so many times we, and I think this is a, probably a hallmark of Western culture when nobody's ever happy. You know, we all think that whatever we have in life that we should have more happiness. We should have more money. We should have more of something, you know, we're never satisfied in our culture, but so many times we we're always thinking, well, I'll, I'll get to this project when, you know, my kids are grown or when my job is not quite so hectic or when it's not the holidays or whatever it is. And we always are making excuses about things, you know, at least I tend to do that. And I think you just have to accept, okay, this is what my life is right now. And I should enjoy it. I should rejoice in whatever my life is and figure out a way to, to work on my art in a way that makes sense for my life right now. Yeah. And be gratified. I mean, it, it, like the five minute journal, I don't know if you've ever seen that or used it or heard of it, but there's a journal that I use every single day and literally that sole purpose of this journal is to help you embrace your season of life. Like you, you wake up in the morning and you have a few things you need to write down, right? Like what are three things that I can do today? What what are three things that would make today awesome, right? What are three things right, that I'm thankful right. for today? So you, you write those those sets of three down, and then it's what are my affirmations, right? What, what are your affirmations for the day? And for me, it's it's usually a visualization of my future. And then at the end of the day, before you go to sleep, you open that journal back up, and you write three things that were amazing that happened today, and how could I have made today better? 
And just doing that every single day is incredibly magical what it can do to your mindset. It really is. And I mean, that is basically just molded around embracing your season of life, right? Accepting what you have, being thankful for it, and then pushing forward uh, to, to make it even better the next day. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I suggest definitely check that out if they, it, it doesn't take a lot of time to do that journal. Um, I'm actually going to have the the founder of that on this show in the future as well. So that'll be a very lot cool. Fun. Yeah, definitely. It's a pretty interesting story. You know, he got on, I found out about him through Hal Elrod, the miracle morning, you know, he mentioned the app in his book. And then I also saw that now Tim Ferriss is pretty much uh, giving him a lot of press. So I'm sure he's just sold massive amounts of copies recently. <laughs> oh, I think yeah. it's a team of a couple guys, but or girl guys and girls, I'm not sure. But yeah, that's a pretty pretty big networks to get through. Yeah. Whatever Tim Ferriss promotes, it's gonna do well. <laughs> I know. It's like he, Which which is cool, you know. I so I like him a lot. He's so got I'm some good sh- stuff. I'm sure he's embracing his season of life right now. Yeah. So re- repurposing your content would be number twenty, right? Yeah. Yeah. And this is just the idea that if you have content, you can repurpose it and use it in different forms. You know, for instance, let's say if you have written um, 25 blog posts or 100 or whatever number you want to throw out there, you can then take the best of that content. You could then use it in podcasts. You could use it to guest post on other websites. You could use it for as the basis for webinars or online courses or even speaking, teaching different places. You know, there's different ways to do this. And, you know, I know for myself, I've put together a lot of content for my college courses that I have taken some of that and reworked it to use in other places, you know, and it's just, just the idea of you look at the stuff that you, that you put together and think, okay, how can I, how can I get more bang for my buck out of this content? You may have to re redo it somewhat or whatever, but just the idea of, okay, how can I, how can this bless more people? maybe in a different form or a different way of getting that message out there. So just something to think about. And I like how you, you know, when, when I get an email from you, I saw that you're also into doing audio posts, right. For people that like audio. Right. And then you write because some people like to read and I've been experimenting more with videos again recently, which is something I've never done. So hitting the audio side and doing the writing and doing the videos, I mean, you, you you are able to sort of repurpose your content, but also reach different audiences because some people only watch videos on YouTube, right? And some people right. only exactly. listen to podcasts and other people only browse blogs online and read. So like you, you just never know that new audience you'll be able to engage with. And one of the most exciting things for me is actually engaging with listeners and having conversations with them on Skype and things like that. So yeah, that means that means a lot to me. And repurposing is definitely a great way to do that. And then even if you're like writing a blog, right, you can eventually take all of those blog posts and probably be able to mold a good book idea out of it, right? Or at least a solid outline. And yeah. that's that's something that people they think of, oh, writing a book, that's gonna take forever. But in reality, you know, if you just write a little bit every single day and you do these blog posts. One day you're going to have quite a bit of blog posts and and yeah, you'll be able to say that you're an author once you just rearrange it a little bit and put it together in a book format. And when, when you can do that, obviously people look at you as an authority much more than not being one. It's like, I don't know, there's something weird about right. that with, with the whole author title. People are like, whoa, you wrote a book? <laughs> like, you know? Yeah. Well, and, and part of this whole process too is the idea that you know, each of us really only has a certain number of core things in our message. You know, if you're a musician, there are really only a few themes that you probably write music about. Yeah. You know, if you're a writer, there's only a few things that you talk about. Now, we, you can spin those different ways and you can, you can put them all different kinds of ways, but really there's only a few core concepts that are super important to us as an artist or as a writer. And that's okay. I think sometimes we feel like, oh, I've got to say something different every time I I put something out there. But that's not true. If you look at people like Michael Hyatt, he talks about the same four or five concepts in pretty much everything he does. At least they're related to those core concepts. People like Jeff Goins talks about the same kind of thing. Uh, People like Stephen Pressfield, who we were mentioning earlier, 
you know, he writes about the same kinds of things. And that's Stephen King has a few similar themes that he generally hovers around. And I think that's the, that's true of everybody, really, whether they're a musician or a writer or whatever it is. You know, people are going to resonate with our core message. And they're going to continue to resonate with that if we put out more stuff that's related to that. And I think that's just totally natural. I mean, how many books has somebody like John Maxwell sold? I mean, the guy's like the leadership guru of the world, but yet really he's written about five different books, but he has very smartly marketed and packaged those concepts into offshoots of the same few concepts. And I think all of us have to do that, you know, because we only have so much that we want to say, you know, unless you're Rush Limbaugh and then you can talk for three hours every day. And I don't know how that guy does that. I mean, that's like some kind of genius or something that how can you literally have that much to say you know, every single day? But I know, um, man. He, he does, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's kind of amazing. Actually, I'm sort of in awe of that. Not that I, you know, not that anybody would agree with everything somebody else says, but I'm just in awe of the fact that you, you can have so many opinions on something. So yeah. I would love some of that energy. From all angles, right? All right, so we made it to the very last one, number 21, and everybody that is still with us, you are a champion and you are fist pumping and you have learned a lot today, I hope, because I sure have. And of course, this is going to be split into two episodes of an hour each, but if if you're here to to the end of the second episode, number 21, right? I'll let you go with this one, Kent. Yeah, number 21 is do a little every day. Boom. So whatever it is that you're working on, just just understand the power of the cumulative effect or what Darren Hardy, the publisher of Success Magazine, would call the compound effect. In fact, he has a book called The Compound Effect that's a great, great little book. Boom. And it's the idea of, you know, if you work on something a little bit every day, pretty soon you're going to have something pretty big. And uh, let's say you want to write a book. Uh, A book of, let's say, 120 pages. If you take one month, 30 days, and you only write a few pages a day after just a month of writing, a solid month of writing, you're going to have a full-size book, you know, if you're consistent with that writing. And, you know, we would think, wow, I could have a, a book in just a month. Yeah, you could have a whole draft of a book in just a month if you do something every day with it. Yeah. Or maybe you want to stretch it out to two or three months. But you know, we look at these big projects and we get overwhelmed by them, but they're they're really not if you just break it down into little chunks. I I want to say this is the most important thing on the list, right? Because I think persistence is key to being successful at anything. You know, there's nobody out there that just says, "Okay, I'm going to do this one thing today and then, you know, 4 weeks later I'll do something else on it and it's going to be the most successful thing in the world." That's not that's not likely to happen. I'm sure it has happened, but it's not likely. And and it really is, if you want to win that battle from going to feeling like you're in your current position, feeling like you're not making progress, right? Or you're suffocating or you feel smothered or you're miserable in your nine to five job, you have to be willing to make a change. And by making a change, I'm talking about doing something every single day to get to that vision that you want. You know, go make a vision board or write down your goals on a piece of paper and and put a timeline on them like we talked about earlier and have that sense of urgency and, and use your time to 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 really drive that that personal growth. But do a little bit every single day. And if you take that one step, I mean, you're going to, you're going to climb mountains, right? Like you said, you can write a little bit for 30 days and you'll have a full draft of a book. It's incredible. And really, if you want to take yeah, a step yeah. one before that, write an outline of all the things you need to do to make that draft of that book. And then as you learn this process, you'll be able to add new things onto the process. You'll be able to figure out which things on that task you can delegate. And then as it becomes more of a system, I mean, it's, it's magic that happens, like, but you're never going to figure any of that stuff out until you take that first step of doing a little bit every day. So yeah, that's, that's the most important one in my eyes for sure. Yeah. And I think along with that, this isn't just a matter of adding something to your schedule every day. It's, it's as much a matter of stopping doing some things that you're doing every day. I didn't say that quite grammatically correct, but 
That's okay. This isn't a grammar podcast. But you know, it might be. Hey, I'm gonna watch. I'm gonna watch um, thirty minutes less of TV today, or I'm going to cut out this other thing. You know, we we all waste time during the day. None of us are are as productive as we think we are, probably. Yeah. So if you just say, Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna cut out something small every day, but instead I'm gonna do something that really is very very important to me personally. It's one of my goals. It's a a big thing that I want to accomplish. And, you know, it doesn't have to be this thing where you, you stop your life for a month and you go off and do this big, important thing. It's just I'm going to work on it a little bit every day. And then before long, you're going to have a whole book or you're going to have a uh, you know, series of paintings or you're going to have some cool recordings or whatever it is that you're working on. Yeah, a, a whole album, right? Yeah, yeah. Or 20 episodes can. of a podcast, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And it's, it's amazing and exciting to think about all the possibilities if you do that. And even combining that with repurposing your content, like I didn't even mention earlier, we were talking about that. Like you can take your podcast and your blogs and do speaking engagements, or you can create courses like you were talking about, or maybe webinars, right? So yep. doing a little every yep. day is going to open up a door to the next best thing. And, and you're going to really be able to uh, fist pump like a champion every single day after that when you realize yeah. how, how easy it really is and how simple it really is if you just if you just do a little bit every day. So all right, man. Yeah. This is wow. That was incredible. We just beasted through those are some I, I love that. You know, we went through your twenty your list of twenty one but really elaborated on it in, in pure detail. And I can't wait to get this all out in the post so people can check it out. And again, like I said, I'm gonna put together a download that you can get at artsynow.com forward slash 91 download. And you'll be able to get everything we just mentioned, plus all of my tips and tricks. And and then all the details that we just got into on this show with the tools and the resources and the books and things like that, that we mentioned. And Kent, for you, I know that you have an amazing giveaway for them as well on your site. And then also I want you to drop where they can get a hold of you as well. I know we mentioned kentsanders.net earlier uh, but but some of your other hubs i don't know if you've got repurposed content other places or where they can follow you but i definitely don't want to leave that out and also i have to ask you if you had to battle godzilla kent how do you think you would use your creativity or talents to defeat that big crazy bastard (laughs) well i guess i would ask the question why do we assume that he's our enemy Well, that's a good because point. I mean, he's I mean, he's Godzilla. Been good he's in one of the movies, right? The original. Well, yeah. I mean, okay. If if Godzilla is so powerful, is there a way that we could somehow work with Godzilla, and you know, produce some synergy with him so that we could harness his amazing powers for good? You know, that's probably the the lamest answer you've ever heard, but that's what came to mind. No, no. That actually, I've had I've had a couple people sort of give similar answers on this show before one was a meditation, very mindful person. And I think you get it from the optimistic people who think on the other side of things, because you don't have to think about somebody negatively. And I love that, right? Godzilla doesn't have to be negative. He can be used to everybody's advantage. And, and, uh, you know, Godzilla has feelings too, right? (laughs) Yeah, that's true. He's He's a, he's a person too. Yeah. He's embracing his season of life as long as we embrace our seasons of life. And, and we're going to make the best of every situation. So, yeah, cool. So where can our where can our listeners find you, get in contact with you, uh, get that that special for the listeners? Um, I think it was, what, five steps to declutter your workspace. Is that correct? Yeah, if they go to kentsanders.net slash entrepreneur slash podcast, then uh, that's a special page I've set up on my blog. And um, they can download this really short ebook. It's called Five Steps to Declutter Your Workspace. So... I think it's important to maintain a neat, clean workspace so that you can find things, so that your mind is less cluttered, as well as your physical space. So I've got that for them there. And then, of course, they can um, also download, if they go to my homepage, kentsanders.net, they can uh, download all of my five free ebooks as well. Yeah, which are incredible, and I highly suggest that. And, and I really enjoyed the Artist Manifesto, which is more of like a personal thing for you. I think, I mean, the way you wrote it, at least yeah. it's, it's awesome. 
And so I highly, I well, think thanks. I appreciate to that. everybody. I mean, especially artists and, and a lot of the audience that I have, it's, it's incredible because we all experience the same kind of struggles, right. And the feelings and, and I think that that's, that's a good read. So awesome, man. Well, it's been, it's been a real pleasure and I'm definitely going to have to have you come back on and we'll have to dive into one of these other amazing topics that you've covered before. I mean, uh, w- one of those books that you have on the site, you go through all these different resources for entrepreneurs, which is huge. And of course, on my website, I have a big list of different resources that I'm a, that I'm a big fan of as well under the goodies tab. But I look through your list and it's awesome. You've got books and podcasts and things like that for creatives and learned a lot of good stuff from it. So I highly suggest everybody check that out. And Kent, man, I, I really appreciate been fun. it. Yeah, we've we've covered a lot and I appreciate you taking the time. I know it's been a good amount of time here and, and I, I, I am truly humbled that you were able to come on and I'm very thankful for it as well. So I appreciate it and I wish you the best of luck in everything that you do and we will for sure be in touch. Well, thank you. It's been totally my pleasure. And I think that the one thing I would say to kind of wrap up my end of things here is I know we've covered a lot of stuff. Don't get overwhelmed by that. Just pick one thing and put it into practice. You know, I, I still struggle with all these 21 areas to an extent. So yeah, just pick one thing and, and put it into practice and, and hopefully that will make a difference. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And that's, that's what's important about it. Just make sure you're, you're picking one thing and concentrating on it. Get that focus in there, right? Definitely, definitely. Cool. All right, Kent, thank you so much for being the Archipreneur now. Break the rules and first break the rulers. And always remember to keep it so, so, so funky, man. Awesome. Will do. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Archipreneur Now. For all the show notes, it's artsynow.com. If you want to be a guest on the show, email me at create at artsynow.com or on Twitter at HB underscore Armstrong. The music? Well, that's shaky feeling. Check them out. Ventura, California. Ta-ta! Keep it funky.